the Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Almost everybody worries about the future. Now, you don't have to be rich to make sound plans for the future. But you do have to know how to plan. Why not consult a man who can help you best? He's your neighbor, your local Equitable Society representative. He's a helpful man, a friendly man, and a straight-talking man. In about 14 minutes, we'd like to tell you more about your Equitable Society agent and how he can help you to plan for the future and enjoy the many advantages of membership in the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, armed robbery. Its title, The Telltale Camera. Every criminal in the country is a menace to you, the decent citizen. But of all criminals... Perhaps one type is more dangerous than the others. He is the lawbreaker who operates behind the front of a legitimate business. That kind of man is more dangerous because he frequently is shrewd to the point of cunning. And also because he never actually commits the crime himself. He leaves that to hired hands and protects himself with perfect alibis. It is never a secret to the law enforcement agencies in a community that such a man is operating. But knowing a criminal is at work and getting evidence are two different things. For one of the basic principles of our way of life is that the accused is innocent until proven guilty. This evening we bring you part of the case history of one of those super hoodlums, a man who tried to live his life of crime by remote control. Tonight's FBI file opens in a large Midwestern city. Two men sit in a downtown theater watching the end of a movie. I told you'd wind up with a dame. Okay. I owe you another buck. That's six. Let's go, huh? The cartoons are next. The newsreel's next. The cartoon always comes after the picture. Two to one, it's the newsreel. For a fan. Camera views, your movie theater news. It's 11 bucks, young. I ain't want anything today. It's a big day in Dixie as the new Brunswick Dam opens. And the water comes through the giant turbines for the first time. Don't get wet. Here it comes. And above the dam, the water is now deep enough for trout fishing. And are the folks taking advantage? Even money, the guy don't catch anything. Well, sure he will. Otherwise, he wouldn't use his picture. You got six to five. Nod your head. The dam isn't too much of a success the first day. The opinion of the game warden is that the fish are staying away till they get used to the new riverbed. Oh, what a shame. 
All these fishermen and all anybody caught was a cold. That's 16, you owe me. These bathing suits are filled with the prettiest girls in Lakeville, competing in a beauty contest. I like the third one from the left. Yeah? I'll take her and give you the field for even money. I'll try ten bucks worth. Each club in the city sent an entry to the contest. Hey, that's Willie. Huh? Willie Troy. Where? In, in the picture. In back, talking to one of the dames. You sure? You can have ten to one. There's another picture of him. Looks pretty good, yeah. doesn't it? It looks good to the Brother, little too. Steve hears about this. Can you read that ribbon on the dame? Uh, no, no. One Where'd they say this thing was? Like to Lakeville. No wonder we never nailed them around here. Never, never hey, the, the dame's water. ribbon says Miss Barbecue. Uh-huh. When did they say this contest was? I don't know. Let's find out. Hey, Chuck, let's have another hunk of ice. Okay. No, thanks. Six to five, the piece in your glass melts first. No, no bet. I'm staying stuck for the night. You tell Steve we had word on Willie? I couldn't in front of those legits. What was he sitting with? I don't know. He's getting up now. Uh, sure takes him a long time to say goodbye. It's part of the deal when you're in a joint like this. Hey, pour a little more grog in here, will you? Yeah. Evening, boys. Oh, hi. Hi, Steve. Big news. We saw Willie Troy. Where? In the newsreel. He's in Lakeville. He was a week ago, and they took the pictures of some beauty contest. What was he doing in a beauty contest? He was on the sidelines talking to one of the dolls. Was she wearing any of the jewelry? Oh, she was in a bathing suit. Lakeville. I wonder why he went there. I hear they got action going 24 hours a day. There's no fence in town. Nobody big enough to handle that much jewelry. Maybe he's still got the loot. After all, he only ran out two weeks ago. Steve, you got any pals in Lakeville? Nobody I could ask to knock Willie off for us. Tell you what, you two go out there yourselves. Stay till you find him. Later that evening, at the local FBI field office, Special Agent Jim Taylor reports to Agent in Charge Prescott. You send for me, Mr. Prescott? Oh, yes, Taylor. I'm putting you on a new investigation. Interstate transportation of stolen property. Oh, what kind of property? Jewelry. The police in Acton raided a suspected fence a few days ago and recovered about $100,000 worth of stolen jewels. Oh, big operator. Yes, and he may have been dealing with some big operators from around here. Oh? The police sent a list of the jewelry to Washington. Half a dozen of the pieces were listed in our stolen property file. Uh -huh. Has the uh, fence been questioned? He's refused to make any statement, but we know from our files that the pieces were looted from three different jewel thefts across the state line, yet all within 100 miles of here. Do you have any details? Only the names of the victims. Uh, here's your copy. Fine. Thank you, sir. Uh, check into all three thefts and see if you can find any link. <laughs> Isn't that barbecue joint supposed to be on this block? That's what the guy said. Well, maybe they moved. Ten to one they didn't. Well, you ain't giving that price unless you know something. Uh-huh. You saw it, didn't you? Not till right now. Yeah, it's a drive-in. 
Mr. Dane's a car hop, huh? What else? Even money I can pick her up. No bad. Get a load of that. While you're waiting for your sandwich, they wheel a slot machine right up to your car. Uh, I don't like it. What? Gambling where it's legal. Hey, there she is. The dame of the tray. Just putting it on that gray convertible. Huh? You think that's her? For 50. I'd know better if she was in a bathing suit. Say, miss. Do you call me? Were you in a beauty contest? Uh-huh. The girls were all jealous when I won. And then when my picture was in the paper and everything, why, why one customer even asked me for my autograph. <laughs> what do you know? I wish I could wait on you, but I can only serve people in cars. We didn't come here to eat. We want to talk to you. Yeah, we're talent scouts. Honest? From Hollywood. And you want to talk to me? Yeah, you see, one of our men sent in a report on you, and we came to check it. He said for us to give you a screen test. His name is Willie Troy. Oh, gee, I didn't know that's what he did. The studio gave us Willie's address here, but we left it on the plane. Where's he living? Well, I don't know, but, but when you see him, tell him I'm sorry about getting so mad. But how did I know he was a talent scout? And what would you do if you was a girl and you went out and your date left you standing at a bar while he went to talk to some singer and, and he stayed away over an hour? A uh, girl singer? Yeah, that big blonde at the club jackpot. What's her name? I don't know, but... Uh, say, can you get my picture in the paper again? They had it in when I was in the contest and all my friends saw it. Yeah, sure. We can handle that. Come on. Let's get over to the club jackpot. An investigation such as the one assigned to Special Agent Taylor takes time, effort, and patience. Each victim had to be interviewed. The police reports on the three jewel thefts had to be requested, obtained, and analyzed. When those things were done, Agent Taylor returned to the office of Agent in Charge Prescott. Mr. Prescott, I found a link on those jewel thefts. Oh, what's that? The same modus operandi was used in all three robberies. Oh, uh -huh. In each case, the victims were in a car which was forced over to the side of the road by a black sedan carrying three men. After the robbery, the jewelry was taken by one of the thieves, and he left immediately. How about his accomplices? They stayed to tie up the victims, then stole the victim's car for transportation. In the robbery up near Whitestone, one of the women started to scream and was shot. Fatal? No, sir. I uh, got the bullet from the Whitestone police and sent it on to Washington. You get any descriptions of the bandits? No, sir. Each time the victims were stopped on a dark, lonely stretch of highway, and the only thing they could say is that the three men were tall and wore handkerchief masks. How about the car? Did you get anything else on that? Not on the make, sir, but one of the men said he saw the thief's car in his rearview mirror. Thought they were following him. When he got to this dark stretch of highway, he speeded up to 85. But the thief's car drew up beside him with no trouble at all, so it must have a supercharger. I see. Oh, and a uh, familiar name has also come up in all three cases. Steve Ludlow. How does he fit in? Although the robberies took place about a week apart, in each instance, the victims had spent part of the evening at Ludlow's club. Well. Would have been simple for him to tip off the bandits. I understand he spends the night going from table to table, allegedly making people comfortable. It'd be a change if we could finally tie him into something. Yes. I, uh, don't suppose there'd be any point in interviewing him. No, he'd have as many answers as he always has. Mm-hmm. Have you written a memo on that modus operandi? Yes, sir. I got it right here. Oh. Circularize every police department within 50 miles and see if they've had any similar robberies within the last month. Hello? Mr. Steve Ludlow? 
Ludlow? Yes? Lakeville calling. Here's your party. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Hello, Steve. Yeah. This is Chuck. Oh, how'd you make out? Well, we came up with that dame who was in the newsreel, but she didn't know where Willie was stopping. Uh-huh. Then we got to a singer in one of the joints out here, and she said Willie gave her the brush for a doll in the chorus of one of the hotels. The chorus dame didn't know where he lived either. Chuck, never mind the play-by-play. Did you find Willie? Yeah. He's living in a little bungalow just outside of town. You been through it? Not yet. You seen him? No, he's out fishing on some lake near here. When'll he be back? I don't know. Well, you go on over to his place and try to find that merchandise. Okay. Then wait around for him to come home. Even if we find the stuff? Uh, yeah. And be sure to give Willie my best regards. <laughs> Try the back door. Okay. Locked. Mm. Should we try to pick it? No, let's try a window. We can come back here if we have to. All right. Let's try this one. Hey. Wow. This was real nice of Willie. Go ahead. Can I give you a hand? No, I can make it. Hey, you better close that window. Oh, yeah. Pretty nice crib. Yeah. High class. Piano and everything. You case that side. Okay. So far. No, no luck over here either. Hey, Chuck. Yeah. Car coming. Stopped out front. It's Willie. Yeah. That's the car he stole from Steve. He's coming in. We better get in the closet. Wait. You feel lucky? Why? Three to one, I get him with the first bullet. We will return in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. No one can foretell the future, but everyone can protect himself and his family against future hazards. That's why more than five million families are members of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Take, for instance, the family of Mr. James G. Bates, one of our members whose experience may be helpful to you. Mr. Bates, what made you interested in Equitable? Well, Mr. Keating, my wife and I wanted to own our own house free and clear. And we heard you describe a way to do that years ahead of time on this program. That's the Equitable Assured Home Ownership, or AHO, plan. That's right. We called our local equitable representative and he came right over. We told him our problems. He described how the plan covered a low-cost first mortgage with special life insurance protection and how one convenient monthly payment took care of everything. It was a relief to know that if something happened to me, my wife would get the home immediately free and clear. Our equitable representative was friendly, helpful. He talked straight. 
And he made it all seem so easy and sensible. Well, now that's typical of equitable representatives everywhere. It's reassuring to know, too, that every equitable man is backed up by a staff of trained experts in the equitable home office. Actuaries, technicians, and economists. So, please remember, no matter what your insurance problems may be, your local equitable society representative will be glad to discuss them with you, analyze them, and present a plan without any obligation to you. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local Equitable Society representative or write to the Equitable Society care of this station. You'll be glad you did. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Telltale Camera. In an effort to help prevent more crimes of the type which brought about the investigation of the case you are now hearing dramatized, your FBI asks those listeners who possess valuable jewelry to exercise caution in carrying and displaying it. For criminals who specialize in thefts of jewels are always at work. Last year, for example, according to your FBI's annual uniform crime report, criminals stole jewelry and precious metals Valued at more than eight and a half million dollars. Tonight's file continues at the FBI field office as Special Agent Taylor approaches the desk of Agent in Charge Prescott. Get any answers on your circular? A Watertown police wired about a robbery a few weeks ago using the same modus operandi. Also by a three-man gang? Yeah, it matched the other robberies in every detail. Three men, black sedan, tying up the victims, everything. You've spoken to the victims? I just interviewed them on the phone. The man who was driving said he suspected what was happening and refused to stop when the bandits cut in in front of his car. Did they fire any more shots? No, but the black sedan's right front fender was badly dented in the collision. How much jewelry was stolen? $15,000 worth. The victims were robbed approximately an hour after leaving Steve Ludlow's club. Hardly a coincidence. Oh. Uh, These victims also told me about the speed that the black sedan showed. This time, it must have been doing better than 100. Have you got a complete description of all the stolen jewelry? Yes, sir. Uh, right here, yeah. Uh, ask Washington to check it against the jewelry recovered from the fence in Acton. Welcome home. Thanks, Steve. Oh, hi. Let's go into my office, huh? Go ahead. Okay. Well, how'd it go? We gave Willie your best regards. Fine, fine. Now, he was real surprised. Did you get the jewelry? No. You're kidding. After I cooled him, we went through the whole joint. He must have stashed it someplace else. Did you frisk him? Uh-huh. No pawn tickets, no bank books, and he was only carrying 37 bucks, so he couldn't have sold it. How about all those dames you told me about? We went to see every one of them. All Willie gave them was the right time. I thought you two were pros. We are. Then how could you come back without the stuff? What'd you want us to do? Stay there till you found it. Steve, we did find your car. Yeah. We drove it back. Where is it? In the garage. That fender we told you about's pretty banged up. You have the garage guy put on a new one. And be sure it's ready for Friday night. Why? What happens Friday night? Your next job. (laughs) 
Prescott, we just got a teletype from Washington. On the jewel thefts? That's right, sir. The Lakeville police found the body of a man named Willie Troy in a bungalow on the outskirts of town. He'd been shot with a thirty-eight. The laboratory says the slug came from the same gun that shot that woman during the robbery near Whitestone. Who was this Willie Troy? He's a hoodlum from around here. Yeah, this is a transcript of his record, sir. Oh. Quite a long one. Yeah. Now, you'll notice the last time he was arrested, his bail was posted by Steve Ludlow. I wonder if Ludlow had anything to do with the killing. He might have. After Troy's death was announced, one of his neighbors called the police and said he had seen Troy digging a hole in the backyard the day he rented the place. The police checked. They found the loot from that last robbery. All of it? Yes. So Troy might have been killed because he refused to share the profits. The police only lead on the killer? No, sir, not yet. But get the next plane to Lakeville and see what you can find out. Pardon me, miss. Miss, are you Gladys Dawson? Yeah. How'd you know? Well, the police told me you brought them some information about two men who came here and asked you about Willie Troy. Well, if you think I'm stupid enough to believe you're a talent scout, too, you've got another guest coming. Oh, no, ma'am. I'm a special agent of the FBI. Here are my credentials. Oh. Can you get my picture in the paper? Well, I, I don't know. I'd like to ask you a few questions about those two men. Well, I'd rather not talk about them. Oh, why not? But if there's anything I can't stand, it's somebody who lies to me. I should have known they weren't from Hollywood. They weren't wearing sports jackets. And they told uh, me that M they Ms. were... Miss Dawson, I can understand you're not liking those men, but there's a chance they committed a crime and you may be able to help me catch them. Then would I get my turn in the paper? Yes, probably. Uh, is there some place around here we could go while I ask you a few questions? Mm, sure. Oh, that man wanted a quick hamburger. I, I better go get it. Prescott, we made some progress in Lakeville. Good. And the police gave me the name of a drive-in waitress who knew Troy. She said two men came to see her the day that Troy was killed. They wanted Troy's address. She gave it to them? No, but she gave them a lead to another girl, and then step by step they located him. How about idents of those men? Well, the drive-in waitress and the other girls all gave me the same general descriptions, but the waitress had a snapshot that might help us. A snapshot of what? Herself standing beside Troy's car. The car's a black sedan with a badly crumpled right front fender. You have that picture? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, car have a supercharger? Well, I don't know. It was gone when Troy's body was found. If those killers were Ludlow's men, they might have brought the car back here. It's possible, sir. Find out everything you can about this car. If we can locate it, we might get a lead to Ludlow. An examination of the photograph determined that the black sedan was a 1952 model of a popular make. A check of the records at the Motor Vehicle Bureau revealed what seemed to be a good investigative lead. A 1952 model black sedan of that make was registered in the name of Steve Ludlow. The license number was obtained and an all-points alarm sent out. Prescott, can I see you a minute? Oh, yes, Taylor. We just got a report on the car. From where? Riverdale. It stopped there for service. Riverdale's about 300 miles this side of Lakeville. That's right, so it could be headed here. Who was in the car? Two men. Same general descriptions as the pair the waitress told about. When were they in Riverdale? Three days ago. They might have stopped someplace else. Keep checking. 
address, Taylor? Car was seen day before yesterday in Park City. Lakeville, Riverdale, Park City. They're all on Route 30. And in a straight line for here. Uh-huh. Have copies made of that picture. How many, sir? Enough to send one to every garage and repair shop in town. just had a call from a garage. Where? On 69th Street. The car was left there Monday. By Ludlow? No, two men brought it in. Same general description. The garage man know who they were? Just that they worked for Ludlow. Go up and see what else you can find out. <laughs> Al, I got a deal for you. Yeah? What kind? Even money. The next guy who comes in is wearing a soup and fish. What am I, crazy? Okay, even money ain't. Just so we got action. I wouldn't bet you I'm alive. Where have oh. you two been? Right here. Car all fixed? Oh, sure. Looks great. Okay. See the party at table six? Uh-huh. Two women must be wearing 30 G's worth of ice. They, uh, got a car outside? Yeah. They're from upstate. Hey, they're getting up to dance. They're leaving. They already paid their check. Good evening, Mr. Ludlow. Oh, sorry. I'm busy now. See the head waiter if you want a table. Well, that's not what I'm here for. I'm a special agent of the FBI. Oh. Here are my credentials. What is it you wanted? I have a warrant here for your arrest. Steve, we got to oh, go. Ju- just a minute, please. What? I've also got warrants for both of you. What are we charged with? Jewel theft and conspiracy to commit murder. Oh, don't try to run. Those men right behind you are also special agents. I'm not saying anything until I talk to my lawyer. Come on. You can call anyone you want when we get to headquarters. Ludlow, Vinton, and Brunswick were turned over to state authorities, and following a trial, they were each sentenced to a life term in a state penitentiary. Special Agent Taylor was able to arrest the three criminals in tonight's case because of help from the FBI laboratory. The repairman at the garage where Steve Ludlow kept his car gave Agent Taylor the damaged fender he removed from the black sedan. Technicians at the laboratory examined the fender and reported that embedded in the metal were paint chips from the victim's car which had rammed it in an attempt to escape. Ballistics experts from the laboratory made a further contribution. They reported that the gun found on Chuck Brunswick at the time of his arrest was the same gun which had been used to kill Willie Troy. It was, therefore, also the same weapon used in the robbery where one of the victims had been shot. When confronted with that evidence, all three men confessed. And thus, your FBI removed three more dangerous criminals from circulation and further carried out its assignment, its job of protecting you, the American people. If you have worries about security, about the future, do something about them. Get acquainted with a man who can help you get the right kind of protection and without a strain on your budget. Whatever your protection problem, home ownership, education for your children, retirement, health and accident, talk it over with your local equitable representative. He's friendly, he's helpful, and he knows the answers. If you'd like to enjoy a new feeling of freedom from worry, consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local representative of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States.
Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, Armed Robbery. Its title, The Five Fathom Stick-Up. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Anthony Barrett, Harry Carey Jr., Tony Caruso, Isabel Jewell, Bill Stratton Jr., and Carlton Young. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Five Fathom Stick-Up on 